Welcome to Pedagogue, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. In this episode, I talk with Harry Denny about identity politics in the Writing Center, writing centers as sites for activism and empowerment, mentoring students, and fostering a sense of community in the Writing Center. Harry Denny is Associate Professor of English and Director of the Writing Lab at Purdue University. His scholarship focuses on writing center theory and practice, cultural studies, and research methods. Harry is the author of Facing the Center Towards an Identity Politics of One-to-One Mentoring, a co-editor of Out in the Center, Public Controversies, Private Struggles, and co-author of the forthcoming Gender, Sexuality, and Cultural Politics of Men's Identity in the New Millennium, Literacies of Masculinity. He is also at work on a new project about the rhetoric of contemporary civil rights debates. Harry, thanks so much for joining us. Your book, Facing the Center Toward an Identity Politics of One-to-One Mentoring, takes up issues of power, agency, and language. Can you talk about identity politics in the writing center and how social and cultural factors impact interactions between tutors and students? So, um... What got me thinking about that idea way back when was the whole notion that a lot of our literature talks about writers, um, particularly in writing center scholarship at the time, as though writers are uh, occupy this uniform, uniform, unified, cogent identity. Um, and those of us who have taken any kind of postmodern, post-critical, feminist, critical race, you name it, kind of theory, um, immediately think about identity positions is always sort of complicated and fluid. And so when a writer comes to the writing lab, they're not just coming with that signifier, they're coming with all sorts of um, identities and baggage and concerns. Um, but it's not just the writer that we interact with at the table. Um, we also have tutors or writing consultants or writing fellows. Um, who don't suspend who they are when they come to a session. So over the years where that's become really tangible is when writers come in or, or tutors encounter um, issues and topics that can be really controversial. Um, you know, whether it's you know, a student writing about affirmative action and depending on what their position is, being counter or pro and being in conflict with whoever they're working with or you know, someone writing about reproductive issues and having conflict there. Um, every once in a while, um, I haven't had it so much at Purdue, but in, at previous institutions, um, writing consultants really being frustrated that um, students aren't working hard enough and sort of suspending an awareness of their own privilege when it comes to um, the ability to focus on education. You know, and at many of our institutions, we have lots of first-gen students um, for whom College is one of many things occupying their time. You know, I don't know about your institution, but we have lots of students here at Purdue that work maybe two, three, four jobs, um, are working between 30 and 50 hours a week to pay for school. You know, so that impacts on, you know, people's connections to um, how you learn and how you experience teaching and how you do teaching and all of that. You know, and I also think about sexual minorities. You know, we are in an environment where it's more or less okay to say offensive things um, or be the object of offensive things. And tutors and students alike are constantly struggling with that. I think a lot of times the impulse is to create bubbles of same mindsets rather than 
figure out how do we have dialogue about rhetorical situations, about genres, about um, expectations and all those sorts of things. You know, so when someone meets another writer at a table, if only we could suspend the world would be a wonderful place. But the writing lab or a writing center or a writing studio anywhere, anywhere in the country, whether urban, rural, north, south, is going to have everything that's percolating um, in that very space. You know, we can't suspend and make the writing center a vacuum. So real life issues are going on. You know, I think of, you know, my, my former tutor who's now um, on her way to Oklahoma, who talks about tutoring while black, um, that when she enters a session, her race isn't suspended. It's obviously always legible, you know, versus someone like me who may or may not pass as gay or straight, um, that I can invoke that, I can play with that in sessions, but how our identities are legible and read or not legible and not read impacts on interaction in so, so many ways. Um, so I, I, I wish we could, you know, suspend all of society and all of culture when we're talking about writers, but, you know, you and I know enough about comp theory to also be aware that you can never do that. Um, so why would we want to pretend as if society and culture and politics and economics stop at the door? Um, you know, writing centers, just like regular classrooms, are sort of, you know, spaces where all that has to be hashed out and thought about. And it becomes really, really interesting and I think really powerful and magical and tragic and, um, you know, you, you name it, it's a great environment. So let's take everything you just said, complex identities surrounding cultural and social systems, politics, and the exchanges between tutors and students in the writing center. And let me ask this question. What are some of the most important qualities and characteristics of a writing center tutor? I have a whole laundry list. <laughs> I think at the top of my list, you know, is a whole notion of empathy that you meet a tutor or a client meets the tutor. You know, I think both sides of the equation are critical here, but just thinking about what makes really good qualities of tutors is, to me, always empathy. You know, that's an X factor that's hard to cultivate um, in a tutor training class or a tutor education class, um, is how do you have empathy? How do you um, have sort of some baseline regard and valuing of the human with whom you're working? Um, I'd add, you know, another quality is being open um, and connected with being open, being inquisitive. Ask open-ended questions um, and understand that, you know, you aren't the smartest person at the table all the time. Um, we have enough people in our world and in our politics who think that they're the smartest people um, in the room. And, you know, I, I really cultivate among my crew ask questions and not, you know, necessarily baiting or rhetorical or leading questions, but, huh, tell me more. Um, you know, when I work with faculty across the campus, I'm amazed at how many people I went over just because, hey, tell me more. I don't know anything about this. Um, you know, so I think that's a good quality um, that really helps is to be open. Don't always morph into, you know, let me crack open your head and pour in what you need to know. Uh, but how do we have a really good, you know, critical dialogue? Another thing that I always tell tutors that I think is really critical is having a mindset of always being willing to learn with rather than learn from. And embedded in that to me is this whole notion of valuing transactionality, if that's a word, 
or um, mutuality. Um, that I, I respect you and I want to learn with you. I am not, you know, top down, um, but we are horizontal to one another, if that makes any sense, that we, we can learn from one another, we can learn with one another, um, but it's not just me delivering to you what you need to know. You know, we can, you know, if I'm having a session with a kid from biology uh, or a grad student from, you know, nuclear engineering, hey, I can learn something. They can teach me about their field. Um, they can teach me about how their field thinks and how they do inquiry. And yeah, there might be things that I can teach them um, about writing, but it's not, it's not one way. It's not linear, but it's, it's um, dialogic in, you know, in my head. And then a couple last things that I would add to that is the willingness to be improvisational. I'm always you know, trying to teach my folks you know, don't turn every session into a robot. Like I've, you know, figured out here's the recipe, here's the template. How do you morph from session to session? How do you read the person that you're with and think about what their needs are? You know, I often joke, you know, one session I'm the, the goofy gay uncle. The next session I'm, you know, very serious. The next session I'm reserved. And I'm always trying to riff off of who I'm working with. And, and I, I think that's another, I think, really good quality. Um, and then the last thing that um, I think is a really good quality, and it's another X factor, is, you know, approach teaching and learning moments with good cheer. You know, if you approach teaching and learning like, oh, I'd rather be off doing something else, but oh, I've got to do this. You, you know, that, that sets a vibe. You know, you know, who wants to work with Debbie Downer or the Womp Womp Queen? You know, I, I want to work with someone who's fun. Um, and I have all these tutors who, I, I don't know how they keep the energy throughout their shifts, but they go from student to student, faculty to faculty, excited and energized. And, you know, granted, you know, not that everyone's, you know, we're pumping, you know, you know, uh, happy cheer through the writing lab, um, but it, it's refreshing, you know, and it's encouraging. Um, particularly at big institutions, for clients to meet someone who actually cares about them. How can writing centers be a site for activism and empowerment? I think the answer to that question is both a local answer, but also, you know, across the board, across institutions. You know, I, I think at an institution like a Purdue, where we can make change happen is, you know, to recognize what are critical issues on campus for which we can impact dialogue. That can be, you know, particularly on our campus, pushing at people around how they imagine multilingual or translingual um, issues. Um, how we challenge people, faculty and students alike, to think differently about what vernaculars are privileged. Um, so really to push at, to use our position of privilege and our, our position of expertise around writing and mentoring to talk about what are the consequences if you don't think expansively about language or languaging practices as um, I think Rashawn Young would say. You know, I, I think we have a responsibility to say, here's what we're seeing. And, you know, as a faculty director with tenure, I recognize I also have a different voice. I can go out and say, dear colleagues, when you say something really problematic or embedded in sort of racialized or ethnocentric notions, here's the damage you cause the students. 
um, all of us in writing studies, whether in writing centers, writing programs, writing across the curriculum, we see the damage that happens when students begin to understand themselves as exterior to the world of writing. I've written any number of times about how it breaks my heart when students refer to themselves as having broken English. Like, what the hell would that even mean? Or, you know, um, when I'm meeting first years two days before classes start every year, and they come up to the writing lab table at a student activities fair and say, I got to come to you because I'm not a writer. Like, how do you get to a school like Purdue and, and imagine yourself not as a writer? You know, so we can change all those sorts of conversations about how pedagogy and how people teach writing has real material consequences, real ideological, real existential um, consequences. Um, but I think that writing centers and writing labs and writing studios can also take the lead um, in changing how we understand uh, student and faculty learning and collaboration and research. We can be spaces where we make possible different sorts of learning, where we can bring voices into mentoring that might otherwise be excluded. Um, so we have to think about who our tutors are, but we also have to think about what does our traffic look like. I think we can take leadership in helping foster, you know, critical conversations on campus, whether that's, you know, critical race issues, whether that's questions of literacy, um, whether that's thinking about how do we get writing centers into places that don't have those resources. You know, I think here in Indiana, the only place where you see high school writing centers are at really wealthy school districts. You know, when I lived in New York City, same thing. Writing centers were everywhere where there was wealth, but very under-resourced or not present everywhere else. Um, and then I think the other place that we can really push at activism is thinking about how we can be good allies, or as Nisha Ann Green calls, accomplices. Um, how do we partner with um, other units on campus um, to use what resources we have to help them? What are the biggest challenges to work in and through writing centers? I think uh, in terms of that sort of activist work, the challenge is finding enough time in the day um, to do that work. And embedded in that, I think, is you know, as we look across writing centers at different types of institutions, um, our different allocations of resources and different um, positioning of writing centers. You know, when I think of that question, you know, um, I think of writing centers vis-a-vis um, writing studies or writing programs um, and English departments and student success. Um, and I think about how we are positioned as a discipline. Are we understood as a discipline? Are we understood as a service? Um, I've joked in different places that, you know, if writing programs are the redheaded stepchild, speaking as a redhead, of English departments, what then does that make writing centers? How are we positioned? I think the other challenge we face is we get so caught up in service that we aren't very mindful of sort of the habitus of institutions and, and the academy that really value teaching and scholarship. You know, so if we understand that a field comes of age by how much scholarship and research it's producing um, and how we are being integrated into a teaching culture, are we successful across the board? 
Um, you know, and the jury is sort of out on, on that. You know, I think of when I look across the AAU schools or the Big Tens, the faculty writing center director is uh, a dying breed, whereas no one would ever doubt a faculty writing program director. You know, so what's that say about our disciplinary status? Um, when you move to a regional comprehensive like Salisbury, then suddenly the faculty writing center director is ubiquitous, but are they given the resources to be both a scholar and a teacher and someone who provides campus you know, service? Um, and then you know, I think of the two-year college or the small liberal arts school, there are many different sorts of institutions and it's completely unclear what is the disciplinary um, academic status of writing centers. You know, so in some fields, disciplinary status and credentials um, are critical to their ethos. But for some reason, writing centers are sort of in this odd liminal space. Uh, you know, I haven't heard many writing programs or many English departments or have to fight for their ethos in the same way that um, writing centers do. But then we in writing centers aren't as invested as we might be in generating scholarship and research. So it becomes this sort of yin and yang <laughs> dynamic that, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what the future lies there, but I do know that, you know, I often will tell people the academy is pretty conservative and how we change the habitus of the academy um, is slow and grinding. And I'm not sure where we are on that. I think the jury's still out on the long-term trajectory of, of writing centers as a scholarly disciplinary endeavor. Harry, how would you mentor or help guide a future writing center director knowing that these are the challenges ahead? I think it's tricky. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I think there are a whole bunch of people in, in, in a younger generation of writing center directors coming into the field for whom their identities are as writing center directors. They're being trained as writing center directors or WPAs or WAC people. And I think that's really, really interesting, you know, to be really involved in, you know, sustainable long-term re research, but to have your primary identity being, I want to produce scholarship coming out of this field. I want to have a scholarly identity that's um, imprinted with this kind of work. Um, I think that's really cool. I think when I see a lot of job listings, I'm a little disheartened where it's really a 19th century, you know, Victorianist position with the writing lab or writing center tagged on, you know, so it, it, I think the more people in graduate programs that can claim writing centers as either a specialty or a subspecialty, I, I think is really, really good. Uh, you know, my sense is schools are dying um, to get well-experienced writing center people that they can bring to work into the work in their writing centers. And there's just not enough people being generated. So schools will often sort of give up and offer up lines that are hybrid, you know, content specialty and, you know, writing center or WAC or um, writing program. But how cool would it be to have people who you know, want to go off and, and come into a school like yours and say, this is my identity. This is what I want to spend my life doing versus, yeah, 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 I'll spend my, you know, pre-tenure years doing double duty 
Um, but what I really want to be doing is X area that's not connected to, to writing centers. And I think that sort of sends a subtle message. You know, do we care about cultivating the field or do we care about day jobs? You know, and, and again, I think the, the jury is out on that. Um, but I, I, you know, I think if I were to, you know, and the people that I advise, throw yourself in the writing center scholarship. You know, people really care about that work. And, you know, at least the people coming out of Purdue or Michigan State or, you know, I think of any number of places, if they have a really strong um, writing center scholarship identity, they're landing gigs. They're getting jobs. And I, I think the more people like that that we can get out there, the better. You know, I just don't know if that's a broad message. You know, hey, you can be a writing center director. That can be your primary identity. I mean, I think of, you know, there's folks like Romeo Garcia, Anna Sicari, uh, you know, Rebecca Martini, you know, Travis Webster. There's a whole generation of people your age who I think are really changing the field and showing you know other people coming up through graduate school that hey you can have writing centers as your primary identity and be really successful and have institutions and all those people are at a variety of institutions really reward reward that work this is my last question how do you foster community in the writing center what are some practical strategies or practices i think we start off with and i've done this at every institution at which i've worked um, is asking the staff what does community mean to us is community you know what metaphor is going to govern how we understand you know who, who we are what we're about you know and i'm often very worried about a writing center becoming a clubhouse of exclusion, of elitism, of whatever. And so I always want us to be really thoughtful and mindful about what community means, who is included, who is excluded, um, who do we see in our staff? You know, I've, you know, you know enough about me to know that I, I care deeply about you know, who's in, who's out, um, and how do we get there? But I also think that when we build community, we're actually, in effect, building communities. You know, so at a school, a very STEM school like Purdue, how do we make sure that our writing center has tutors from those fields? How do we make sure we have engineering students in the, in the writing lab? How do we make sure that we have scientists and, and you know, all the very interesting aeronautics and nuclear engineering, you name it, that happens at Purdue, but also commingle them with the interesting creative arts that's happening at a place like Purdue. How do we have theater students? How do we have English, creative writing, people from across the liberal arts? you know, have a space in there. And as I talk to you about that, obviously right there is a bias towards the academic. What other kinds of communities might we build with? And that's when we have to do really, not aggressive, but proactive outreach to um, other communities on campus. You know, I think my staff does a really good job of reaching out to the LGBTQ Center and thinking about, you know, how might we be accomplices but also how might we have representation among our staff of uh, people from that community? All the while recognizing that, you know, there are people already on staff that are part of that community. Um, But similarly, 
um, any cultural center on campus. How do we build bridges to them? Um, how do we make the writing lab a space or the writing center a space that's inclusive? You know, I think about, you know, how do we imagine both the mainstream student, but also the marginalized student, the at-risk student and the not at-risk student. I, th I think all those are really critical elements. I think that we also have to think about how do we create community in a way that's um, reciprocal, that we're not just poaching, but that we are fostering across communities, if that makes any sense. Um, I think it also means showing up. Community means, you know, if you have tutors that are doing a reading or doing a performance or presenting research, that we support them, that we get out there and we make them feel valued. Community means, you know, not just um, doing our own thing, but community means um, being there for one another. And, you know, and I think that's really critical. And then, you know, I jotted down, community means having fun with each other. You know, it means eating with each other. It means doing things together. We might bowl. We might, you know, go to, you know, sporting events together. We might, you know, I don't know, have any number of things going on. Um, but understanding that community means going to a conference, you know, maybe going off to NCPTW or IWCA. Um, and when you're at that, you know, spending time with one another, you know, I'll never forget whether it was out east or while I've been at Purdue. Those long drives to conferences are such good bonding moments where you get to you know, know one another and laugh and spend time. You can't replicate that in a staff meeting. You can't replicate that in, in a tutor training class. Building community means getting to know one another, not just, you know, how did that last session go, but how are you doing? You know, and, and I suspect you know that in your heart too, that, you know, if you want a community, it has to be material, it has to be tangible to people. You have to create a space where people want to be. Um, you don't want a space where people are just, you know, punching the time clock. That they, they, they are invested in the space, that they get to put their imprint on that. I like spending a lot of time out, out on the floor with my tutors. You know, I will, you know, the, our physical setup at Purdue makes that hard. Um, but when I was at St. John's, rather than sit in my office for 10 hours, a lot of times I would just go hang out and pull out my laptop and, and write with the tutors. And what was interesting there, you know, between me and Ann Geller, soon enough we had faculty coming out to the writing center and hanging out and writing in that space. Um, and then suddenly the students were like, holy cow, faculty write? <laughs> faculty write together? Faculty write in public? wow, this is a cool space. And then that changed the dynamic. You know, suddenly, you know, faculty are hanging out with students and writing. And, you know, there's a whole culture of writing that's not, you know, the, the writer up in the garret or the monastic writer, um, but this very, you know, we know this, this social space where writers are hanging out with writers, but there's also tutoring happening. Thanks, Harry. And thank you, Pedagog listeners and followers. Until next time.